So Nancy Pelosi has a plan, and her plan is to make sure that we pass uh, some kind of coronavirus stimulus package that gets more money to you. $2.3 trillion. See, the Republicans only wanted $650 billion. That wasn't going to work. We can't have that. $2.3 trillion. What about a trillion? $2.3 trillion. And to make it happen, I am going to keep Democrats here in D.C. I'm sorry, you're going to do what? You're going to keep them in D.C.? That's right. I'm going to keep them in D.C. until Senate Republicans agree to our deal. What do Senate Republicans care what you do with the House? If you want to keep House Democrats from being able to run for re-election in their districts, go right ahead. Knock yourself out. You know, I've often discussed the fact that Nancy Pelosi is broken. From allowing uh, impeachment to go through, to ripping up the State of the Union, to some of her statements as of late, uh, broken. She's just lost because she knows she's lost control of the party. This is a very weird maneuver. A very weird statement makes no sense and shows that her very concept of where her strength is isn't really there. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. Big Ten football is going to resume. But I thought Big Ten football was done and finished and kaput. You had Nebraska saying, we, we want to play. Parents saying, we want to play. But you had Purdue and IU saying, sorry, we can't do it. We can't be any part of this. Now, there's a vote. And the next thing you know, we're game on. What in the world happened here? Chris Schmidt joins us uh, right now from ESPN Lincoln. You also hear him on uh, our beloved affiliate, KFOR Radio, KFORnow.com. Uh, and Chris... Uh, um, Allow me to ask this in in its proper uh, parlance. What the hell, man? <laughs> hey, Tony, it's uh, it's it's a great day for uh, Nebraska fans in Lincoln and the state of Nebraska. It's a great day for your listeners in Big Ten country. Uh, you, you got across the goal line finally, my friend, and a lot of different reasons and. Uh, elbow grease went into this and yeah uh, you want to talk about dysfunctional uh, that's the Big Ten but better late than never Tony and, and the Big Ten re-examined the error of their ways and uh, we have football and it's going to kick off the weekend of October 24th so let's start with the original problem the original problem as we heard it Chris was that how do we keep kids safe so what happened between then and now that can keep the student-athlete and any fans that might be in existence at a, at a game safe? I, I think what has happened is the uh, advent of rapid testing. You know how big that has been. Yeah, the University of Illinois uh, come up with the ability to, to rapid test. Nebraska and the, their great MC just up the road uh, has already partnered partnered to have rapid testing and that will knock out any opportunity to have a a flare-up of of contact tracing meaning all right somebody tested positive where did you get it you're going to be able to do uh, rapid testing between 5 and 15 minutes no result okay and you're going to be able to decide before kickoff if you should even have kickoff the big 10 is going 
uh, full Monty here. I mean, they are they are requiring student athletes to test every day. That's part of the uh, protocols. I mean, stringent is an understatement. And if a player tests positive, they can't compete for 21 days. You've got a positivity rate. Uh, if the team's positivity rate's above five percent, no games or practice can happen for seven days. So the Big Ten uh, brain said, "You want it, you got it." But here are the stringent protocols but stringent protocols aren't enough to keep people from giving this a go talking to chris schmidt of espn lincoln lincoln nebraska our big 10 expert uh you've got statements uh you know i'm in indiana i'm already getting statements Mm -hmm. from uh, the iu vice president director of intercollegiate athletics uh scott dolson from the outset we have relied on and followed the guidance of our expert medical professionals in determining when it was safe to resume football operations i'm very confident in the recommendations and appreciate their dedication to keeping our students coaches fans and communities safe but it was nebraska it was husker fans and husker parents who were saying let our kids play they were the ones who were loud in front and center how much did that pressure play in to the big 10 rethinking all of this I think the, if we're going to look at this as a piece of, you know, a, a freshly baked apple pie sitting on your counter, I'd say a fourth of it to, to a third of it is the rapid testing. But, Tony, I think you're right on. Outside pressure was monstrous. And it's not just Nebraska uh, with the Husker 8, the lawsuit. But you also have the Attorney General questioning the Big Ten's procedure and protocol, calling them to the mat and asking them as of last Friday, hey, man, are you able to operate? Are you within the guidelines? Are you adhering to nonprofit guidelines within our state? We need to see how your operation runs. So the attorney general of Nebraska got involved last Friday. Uh, Nebraska, no doubt, has been the loudest. I think what maybe had more weight is is as important as Scott Frost and Nebraska and Bill Moose and Ronnie Green and, and Ted Carter have been. I think it was Ohio State uh, with Ryan Day. They're the team that's one of the favorites to win a national championship. James Franklin also very vocal last week on ESPN Radio, questioning the communication, questioning the commissioner. So the, the two big dogs that have a chance to win a lot of games this year really spoke up, but I think they felt comfortable doing so because Nebraska has been so vocal, and Nebraska was first to, to really have a large outcry and say this isn't right. So now we take a look at games and President Trump uh, tweeting out great news. Big Ten football is back. All teams to participate. Thank you to the players, coaches, parents and all school representatives have a fantastic season. It is my great honor to have helped. Absolutely throwing himself in there. Uh, Now tell me about the games. People show up. What is it that they can expect? And let me take a step back. Are fans going to be at these games? You know, initially, I, I think that is going to be decided by where you live and your state and local city protocols. It's not the same in Bloomington or Piscataway as it is in Lincoln. Lincoln's mayor and, of course, the governor, Governor Ricketts, all parties have been working together uh, with a narrative to have a determination. Uh, a lot of college football programs have a 20% or 25% or even 30% capacity. That's in discussion. There's been no determination yet. I think some places won't have fans. I think they'll be very cautious about it. But Notre Dame, 
was able to play Duke last weekend. Uh, the Big Ten saw that. They said, oh, Notre Dame's playing. Maybe maybe we should play. And then, oh, Notre Dame can have fans. So I think it, it might be a case-by-case situation with fans. Nebraska will push to have fans. They will do it safely. I would assume you'll have to mask up or get your temperature taken. Heck, uh, with, with, with uh, rapid testing, you, you may even need to be tested and have proof. I don't know as of yet. I just know that I, I don't anticipate Nebraska telling, no, sorry, there's no fans. Nebraska will move forward and try and have as many fans as is deemed safe by uh, health officials. Now let's go in the other direction, the big one. What is the damage that the Big Ten just did to itself? I mean, they said there was going to be no games. This wasn't going to happen. They were the first to this. They were the they they had no reason to be first to it. It's like they wanted to be. The anger of the Big Ten, the punches they have taken in the face. What is the future of the Big Ten, and will this cause anybody to say, like Nebraska had discussed, hey, maybe there's another place for us, another another uh, conference for us? You know, I don't think Nebraska was actively or openly looking. They just wanted to be able to play. And if that meant outside of the Big Ten, then they wanted to get games in. They they felt like that Nebraska felt like they could conduct themselves uh, maturely and, and safely uh, and play football. The Big Ten can, can put out a fire here real easy by Ohio State running the table, beating Clemson or Alabama or whoever's in the college football playoff and win the national championship. You can just flip it around and say, okay, after further consideration, we reverse course and listen to our student athletes, our coaches, our medical professionals, and said, okay, we we were too soon. We're sorry. Uh, Right now, Kevin Warren is a rookie commissioner following a legend in Jim Delaney, and he has earned the reputation right now as the biggest liability as uh, the Power Five commissioners, He's inexperienced when it comes to navigating different layers of leadership. That was exposed clearly. And Jim Delaney would go in and say, this is what we're going to do. Everyone's going to make a lot of money. Everyone kind of nodded their head. Even if you didn't agree, you respected Jim Delaney. He paid you athletically and academically. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Warren walked in and said, what do you guys think we should do? And that's just a different style of leadership. And it's a political situation, clearly, where Warren's got to please uh, the chancellors and presidents, but he's also got to, you know, be able to listen to his athletic directors and coaches and bring everybody together. He did not do that, and it's a monster misstep. Uh, You've at least reversed course instead of digging in, and you're no longer on the sideline. Uh, It won't be forgotten. We'll see if it can be forgiven based on how Ohio State performs this season. Chris Schmidt from uh, ESPN Lincoln and also KFOR, Radio KFOR. Now find him on Twitter at Schmidt with one T. That's a DT underscore radio. Schmidt underscore radio. Find him, follow, do the whole things. Chris, always a pleasure, man. I appreciate you taking uh, the time to be with us. The cancel culture continues to find things to cancel. And next on the list, Beethoven. No, I, I can't make that up i i don't have uh the capability of doing that michael walsh the author and screenwriter and longtime movie uh i should say music critic for time magazine he is with us to discuss this continued cancel culture push i'm tony katz great to be with you